Hello, 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 and welcome back to the most unusual podcast. As always, I hope you're doing well and feeling good. Just wanted to give a quick thank you to all the support so far. I'm enjoying making these thoroughly, and I love to hear that you are liking them also, you know? It's a win-win situation. So, let's get straight into it, shall we? Today's episode, we are taking a look into the battles in the Roman Colosseum. It is regarded as one of the oldest, darkest tourism sites, um, as in it was an arena in ancient Roman times used for brutal blood bath games. I'm excited to share. I've actually been to the Roman Colosseum. I'm not going to keep saying Roman Colosseum. I've actually been to the Colosseum myself. Um, I went during college with a friend of mine, um, and we actually only stayed down the road from it, so you could see it from the hotel that we were staying in, which is amazing because it's huge it's so so big um, and it was incredible to see in the middle of the city if you've never been I would highly recommend um, it is literally a spectacle um, we did queue up and pay to go inside but we didn't get the headphones um, to listen to the different facts and I must say I do regret that because they always have some weird random facts thrown in there we kind of just walked around and just took some pictures and whatnot um, but overall it was a great experience and it's amazing like since it was built in 72 AD it took eight years that it's still standing today now it has gone through many fires even earthquakes and stuff um, and they just have to keep rebuilding and fixing it but it's still standing tall you know we did head out to a nightclub one of the nights in Rome um, an Italian one at that sure they're all Italian, but like this one, no one spoke a word of English. We just found it on, on Google. And we're like, fuck it, we'll go. Um, and we did what we do best, and we just stayed and had a little drink and a little dance. And then on our way home, because the taxi driver didn't really speak much, much English and we didn't speak Italian, we just got him to drop us off at the Roman Colosseum. Um, I need to stop saying the Roman Colosseum. Uh, got us to drop us off at the Colosseum and we got out there and we were quite drunk and we're just walking around staring at this and it was like whoa the amount of history that has gone into this and we're just hammered outside this place like it's you know it was really weird um and then all of a sudden the guards just pull around the corner and they're like pull down their windows um and they're like what are you doing out here um well didn't say that straight away obviously um they spoke in italian and then we were like english and we had to show them our passports and stuff and then they told us to move on which we did rapidly but yeah that is my experience with the Colosseum it's kind of strange to think about it especially after um learning so much about it myself but yeah it's a it's a cool place and the battles themselves that went on like the gladiator battles and whatnot like are amazing now would have I gone back in the day to watch these gladiatorial fights I absolutely would have. I would have loved it. I would have soaked that shit up and maybe even have a few drinks, have a big dinner before and after, do it really, really and truly Roman style. If a friend was fighting in it, I guess you would have to just go for moral support. Now, you most likely would be watching a friend die. So I just don't know where your morals stand with that. But obviously, it was just so common. The battles went on for 350, 350, 350 years. So even by then like people would just be well used to it maybe at the start you'd be a little iffy but i'd say everyone was absolutely out for blood even thinking back um 
I remember in secondary school when there would be whispers going around that there would be a fight at lunch and everyone would run out to go watch it. Well, I would, but like it would, realistically it was just a few slaps. I don't think I ever actually saw a really bad fight. Um, I do like to watch it. <laughs> I don't, in saying that, I've never seen someone fight <laughs> and get really hurt. So I could just be talking out my ass here. Um, I'd probably, I don't know, would I jump in or not? I'd, I'd probably run the other way. I like to think I'd, if I was real mad, I'd, I'd throw in a few slaps, but then again, I honestly, I probably would just run, run for the hills, you know. I think I'm, uh, I'm more mouth than anything. Um, <laughs> so, the Roman Colosseum, as I said, was built over eight years, from seventy two to eighty A.D., and it was re- originally called the Flavian Amphitheater. And um, there was actually a few like smaller ones, um, and it was built by the emperors Vespa- Vespasian and his sons. I really need to. <laughs> Uh, learn how to pronounce those names. So his sons were Titus and Domitian. Domitian. Anyway. So isn't it amazing that they could build something of that size like back in the day like without the tools that we have today you know. It's so impressive and I would imagine that a few people most likely died during the making of it. It was mostly Jewish slaves that built the Roman Colosseum and it was overseen by Roman engineers and craftsmen which it was roughly 60,000 to 100,000 Jewish slaves that built it but I keep picturing you know imagine that many people building like at one of those tall rise buildings say like 60,000 to 100,000 people just hanging off the side of it and stuff I don't know how many people it takes to build like the Burj Khalifa say but I can't imagine it's that many but then again, no, there's no way. It would just be insane, you know? But yeah, it's kind of funny just picturing how many people were doing it. I guess it's less people and it's a little more smarter and definitely more safer, you know? You wouldn't really hear of people dying or falling off a building as it's been built. Well, I've never really heard, but I guess they might keep it on the on the low. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't look too good for the building itself if a lot of people were falling off it and dying. But yeah. We've gotten a little sidetracked. Onto the game itself. So they were often carried on for whole days um, and they were attended by roughly 50,000 to 80,000 people. Um, and they were all seated by rank in society. So the senators and the elites at the bottom, closer to the games, they could like nearly like be splattered with the blood. And then the women and the plebs at the top. And then the emperor had his own special box. Like, you know, from the gladiators movie, you can kind of picture it. Uh, the grand opening was celebrated with a hundred days of pageantry and gladiatorial games, all which were funded by the emperor, and it was designed to bolster faith in the godlike emperor who would be declared a god after his own death. The emperor was just doing it so he could become a god in the eyes of his people, you know. So there was many different type of games that went on in the Colosseum, which is quite fun, you know. At the beginning, there were the naval battles as they flooded the Colosseum. And now this is what kind of got me into this story. Was It's just fascinating that they were able to flood the Colosseum, like, even back in that age. Um, like, the engineering that would have to go on behind that. And it's just amazing. So the water would surge into the arena basin, um, submerging the stage. Um, and these were called, well... The naval battles in the Colosseum were called Namashia. And it still 
is a bit of a mystery of how engineers flooded the arena. Now it is written down somewhere, um, like they do have some sort of proof, but still to them, some people are just not making sense. So some historians do believe that a giant aqueduct was diverted into the arena. Others believe the system of chambers and gates used to drain and fill it. So the chambers could have been filled with water prior to the event and then opened to submerge the stage under more than maybe a million gallons, which is like, whoa. Imagine just, imagine accidentally just being caught in that, like some, you were just clearing the area or something and then boom, a million gallons of water. Like there's no way you'd survive that. This podcast <laughs> seems to be around a lot of debt. So even with all that water, the Romans had to construct miniature boats because it was like naval battles with special flat bottoms that wouldn't scrape the Colosseum floor. So they just thought of everything really and truly. Like there was, they're like, we're gonna do this and we're gonna make, we're gonna do it right and it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. So the boats range from seven to fifteen meters long and they are built to look like vessels from famous encounters, which is even more fascinating. Um, and they would be a full of gladiators dressed as opposing sides of the recreated battles. So they really and truly just went all out, you know? It's a real life play, and but people are actually getting killed, which is like, whoa, you know? Imagine watching a play and like you see fake stabbing, but really it is actual a play of death, you know? You know the series of unfortunate events where it's Jim Carrey that plays them actually. Um, he adopts the kids and he tries to marry the young girl and everyone thinks it's just a play but it's a real life marriage and oh, the intensity of it all you know um but yeah <laughs> sorry um yeah the warriors would then duel across ships and um, boarding them fighting them drowning their foes until only one was left standing and even when i picture this it is hard to actually get the full scale of it you know like the intensity pe- with people literally fighting for their lives you know like the adrenaline, um, I don't know if anyone else gets this, but when I'm watching like a final in like Gaelic or something, or even rugby, like, and it's the last five minutes, like my, I don't even really follow it, but my heart would be in my mouth, there'd be tears in my eyes, and that's just like of someone winning, so if when your life or a friend of your life is on the line, it's just like, whoa, I, we just, I think the closest thing that we could ever get to it would be the movie Gladiator maybe even Braveheart because that was an incredible movie too um, and it would just send shivers in your spine so it would you know I would love to just see one game you know it just would never be allowed you'd have to it'd be one of those underground things like uh, those chicken and dog fighting things that uh, gangsters have so in some of these floodings a submerged stage allowed chariot drivers to glide across the water as though they were triton that's kind of fun, isn't it? Um, making waves. And animals walked on water. Myths were reenacted by condemned prisoners. And that night, would you believe, news synchronized swimmers would perform by torchlight. So it is nice to know that was all. it wasn't all blood and death, you know? A bit of nude synchronized swimming. You can't really go wrong. It's very random, but like, I'd say it was lovely to end the day <laughs> after a load of bloodshed, you know? But the Colosseum's aquatic age didn't last forever and they were actually just ridiculously expensive and got moved to a nearby lake for the games to continue. See, the emperor was playing, paying for everything, so he, there was only so much he could probably pay for it. 
the other games that would be in the Colosseum were the gladiator fights, um, which we've all heard of at some stage during school, movies. As I mentioned, the gladiator movie, I really want to watch that now. So the gladiators were like modern day pop stars or sportsmen. They were actually divided into classes according to size and fighting style. And there were referees and doctors monitoring the fight. So it wasn't just like thrown in a ring and like left to fend for themselves. Um, which I genuinely thought it was a little bit of a free-for-all, but it was great to see that it was some way fair, you know. Um, and some gladiators ended up having long careers in which they, they lost many fights without actually dying, which is always a win after a good day's work. However, this doesn't mean that they weren't bloodless. They were simply less chaotic than is often imagined. Um, and a very large number of gladiators did perish in the arena. So there you go. Most did begin as slaves, but were highly trained and they were owned by a manager or a trainer who paid for their care. So they weren't really free, you know. Um, and then the other games that went on included a lot of animals. So they were either displayed as clever circus acts or two animals pitted against each other or staging a live hunting scene or humans used as bait for wild animals. So there's a lot they could do with the animals. The last one is a little bit kind of sick because I get human against human, but human against a wild animal, you know, the human isn't going to have a chance. Um, so it is not, it's not sick, but like humans are killing animals every single day. So, you know, it's probably, it's probably deserved. The person probably getting killed by animal definitely probably doesn't deserve it. But yeah, <laughs> there you go. A little bit of a train of thought there. So usually the people that were actually used as bait though were convicted criminals, uh, prisoners or of war or slaves. So I don't know if that makes it any better or not. Um, it just, I guess it depends what they're convicted for. And so the animals that were used, there was actually a long list of them. There was lions, there was bears, there was leopards, wolves, boar, ostriches, giraffes, hippos, tigers, antelopes, camels, hyenas, goats, baboons, apes, jaguars, crocodiles, and panthers. Um, I think, the most animal that I'd be afraid of to fight, <laughs> as if I was going to fight any of those, would be a hippo. But then again, if he ran after me, I would be like to think that I would die quickly because they're just so big and maybe just knock you out in one swing with that mouth. Giraffes do seem so gentle. Apes and baboons may even take you as one of their own, but I imagine like all of them were like pretty violent. I'd say they were locked up in cages and stuff before, you know. Then the zebras and ostriches were trained to pull chariots, but the ostriches were also used to like fight as well. Um, they were extremely strong birds, and when threatened, they usually run, but they have powerful long legs, and they can use that as a weapon, So, which is capable of killing a human or even a potential predator like a lion with a forward kick. So it's a flightless bird, but it has legs of steel. Um, so to be honest, I wouldn't like to go up against an ostrich eater. Eater? <laughs> well, for the Romans, the more exotic the animal, the better the fight um, and the quality of the games. The fact that they were able to get any pickings showed the true power of the Roman Empire and how much they had conquered by then. So the Romans are powerful motherfuckers <laughs> at that time, you know? They kind of just, if they wanted it, they got her and they are extremely clever, you know? The hippo was killed most often, which is kind of sad here, and it was captured from the River Nile in Egypt. 
Fair play to them for getting a hippo over now. I'd say they had a few at a time. I actually think they had like people doing the hunting for them and like sending it over. I don't even know how they got the hippos over. They actually captured so many hippos that following the Roman area, era, uh, era they dis- disappeared from the habitat of the River Nile for some time. Now they are back there, but they are extremely vulnerable and they are still responsible for many human deaths along the Nile. So there is a fact you didn't know. Their behavior is described as unpredictable and aggressive. It is said that the Colosseum was responsible for the wipeout of certain species of animals from nearby regions, which is crazy. And although unconfirmed, it is believed that the number of animals killed is well into the millions. Then there is the events of Emperor Commodus. So he loved the gladiator combats and he often entered into the arena himself to fight. However, he tended to fight against handicapped or incapacitated opponents or against non-predatory animals that couldn't harm him so he was cheating like you can't fight someone with no arms you know it just it's like hitting a blind man you know you just can't do it (laughs) that sounds awful doesn't it um but of course he did and he wasn't actually going to put himself in harm's way because he was the emperor at the end of the day and but some of the things he did get up to was pierce an elephant with a pole i don't know how deep um, I'm not too sure, so I'll leave it up to the imagination and a gazelle with a spear, which it's not, it's not that, it's not that crazy, you know. People are still doing that shit now, sure. But he actually just wanted to be worshipped as a second Hercules, but evidently he was considered a sadist, and these displays just made people dislike him even more, eventually leading to his overthrow. So if anything, he just. It was the beginning of the end for him, you know. I think he fought in like over 700 combat fights, but no one wanted to fight against him. Like I'd say if you even tried to fight against him, um, you'd be killed straight after it, you know. No one is really sure how many people actually died in the Colosseum, but it's believed that as many as 400,000 did, um, which is wild, but also... Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I was about to say it's not a lot of people. That is a lot of people. I've never even... It's a lot of people. So the games lasted, as I said, for about 350 years um, until the costs and the state of the decay of the Colosseum put a stop to it. So the Roman Empire was in a steep decline at the time and the resources needed were hard to come by. They were being brought elsewhere. The impact that it had on the world today as we know it is that the Colosseum was in a way a model for all of the sports stadiums and arenas we have today all over the world so well mostly the shape anyway so you've like the Yankee Stadium or the Staples Center which is quite cool you know um we do have stadiums all over the world and they're even when you're going to a concert or a football game like it's always like really just the atmosphere in the place is always just amazing um, you'd really miss it. Like the people do genuinely make up half of the entertainment there, because if you have a shy audience, like then it's hard for like maybe if a singer is just a one man show trying to get everyone upbeat, you know. So there you have it: the battles throughout the Roman Colosseum. Which one would I have preferred to do? I guess I'd just prefer to be a gladiator. I don't know. I wouldn't have liked to fight an animal. Um, maybe the live hunting ones, but then again, I don't know what they were hunting. 
to be used as bait. I guess you're just a criminal. Um, the naval battles, I just think drowning is a horrific death. I would rather be stabbed. <laughs> That's a weird comparison to make, but I just drowning just seems awful. I guess you eventually just use lose consciousness after a little while, so it wouldn't be that bad, you know. I guess it would be the same as naval battles, but I don't know. Um, I'd feel a little safer as a gladiator. Yeah, so there you go. If it makes you feel any better about the world we live in today, that's great. Or if it doesn't, that's okay too. I don't know if we're better or worse. I'm not really sure if it makes me feel better. Um, if anything, we just missed some good times. <laughs> and then I will finish on our fact of the day as always, which I'm excited to share about with you. So, did you know that you typically only breed out of one nostril at a time. So simple, but yeah, it's just been on our face. Um, I never really knew, but you can try it right now. Basically, our nostrils share the workload um, when it comes to taking in oxygen. And instead of both taking in the same amount of air when you breathe, you actually inhale most of your oxygen through one nostril at a time. Every few hours, the active nostril will take a break and the other one will take over until they ultimately switch back again. So yeah, it's fascinating. I don't know if you ever did it with yoga and um, you do this breathing thing in one nostril and then out the other, but it makes you feel really good. So there you go. A little cool fact about our bodies. And again, thank you all again for listening. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. <laughs>